Hi, and welcome to Math Musings. I'm Mike O'Connell, creator of Math Musings, and your host. Stay tuned for 15 minutes of science, politics, news, and opinion. In other words, Math and Musings. Today's date is Friday, February 18th, 2022. This is Season 2, Episode number 7 of our show. Continuing our journey, we began a few weeks ago, taking a look at the book I published uh, 15 years ago. The book was called The Other Side of the Coin. As I've told you last several weeks, I don't think of the book often. I do think of the story often. The story of my exploits January and February of 2006. And it's this time of year that I always think of those days. I know sometimes I get bogged down in the details and it's hard to explain in merely 15 minutes what was going on in my head and what was going on in my life. Remember, I was living this 24 hours a day to boil it down to 15 minutes. Well, it ain't easy. It ain't easy. Uh, I enjoy uh, telling the story and I hope you've enjoyed listening the past few weeks. If you haven't heard Episodes 1 through 6 of Season 2. Go back and listen to those first. I'll do a quick recap of what's been occurring so far. In 2001, I read a book, as did everyone else in America, called Nickel and Dimed. The story of Barbara Ehrenreich and her uh, journey from uh, posing as an impoverished person, taking minimum wage jobs and writing a book about her experiences. I read this book for a labor policy class when I was in college. And my take on the book was a little bit different from everyone else's. Everyone else felt bad and thought, well, what government solution can we uh, utilize to uh, alleviate poverty in America and this uh, awful country in which we all live? To which I said, no, no, this is the good country. This is the land of opportunity. Don't give up quite yet. Remember, most people don't go through life trying to make their lives look difficult so they can write a book about it. Most people try to succeed. That's what I've been doing my whole life, and that's what I did, a small version of this, when I deposited myself in Raleigh, North Carolina, and tried to begin life anew. The analogy I sort of had in my head was... Like the immigrants coming to this country at the, you know, the late 1800s, early 1900s, like the heyday of Ellis Island. And the folks who came off the ships weren't looking for government handouts, right? They were, they were coming to work. And they knew it wasn't going to be easy at first. They knew they were going to have to work. They knew they were going to have to struggle. If you see old pictures of like the you know, tenement houses that the people crowded into when they first came to these shores, well, that was the reality then. I mean, let's face it, 100 years ago or more, life was difficult for everybody. What changed was their lives improved as they worked and made themselves more accustomed to uh, life on these new shores and tried to produce and save and plan for the future. And that's what they did. This is what I was doing in North Carolina in 2006. 
As I mentioned last time, the most important piece of equipment I had with me was my positive attitude. Because that can be bought for free. I explained a little bit about what I was doing as well. You know, I had the, the minimum wage job at the restaurant. I had, within the first couple days of arriving in town, I, I had my apartment and I had my job. I mean, like, I didn't stop. From the, from the moment I got off the bus at the Greyhound station, I didn't stop. My goal was to get an apartment and get a job because those were the two things Ms. Ehrenreich said were, were holding her back and hold, held, holding back most people as they try to make it in this world. Well, you just you need a place to live and you need a place to work. I never looked down on the job I was doing. Could have been accomplished by a six-year-old, you know, hot wing cooker at a fast food restaurant. Not the most glamorous job in the world, but you know what? It was money coming in. And uh, talk about math for a minute. I, I worked the budget. I figured, well, if I'm working here, I, I was making $6 an hour. I worked 40 hours a week. That's $240. Pre-taxes, I understand, but when, when you don't make that much money, they don't take out that much in taxes. Um, whether that's a good idea or not is a story, I suppose, for another time. But you're not losing a lot in taxes. The apartment I had, the first one, was $95 a week, which was a, a more than I wanted to pay. And in fact, I eventually gave up that apartment and uh, set my eyes on something a little better. More on that in a moment. The point is, I, I never looked down on what I was doing. That's one of the problems I think Miss Ehrenreich had in her book that she thought of, you know, waitressing or cleaning motel rooms is somehow beneath her, beneath her standing. Well, when you have no job, are you not willing to take any job as a way to have money coming in? That was my attitude. And I never thought of the job as being beneath me. I thought that I was going to do really well at this simple task. And I like to think I did. And uh, those of you who worked in restaurants before know that working in a restaurant, you see all sides of life and can teach you more about this world of ours than anything you're getting in college or at your cushy white-collar job. Hardest part about my gig, and the, I think the hardest part about... Um, I thought of myself uh, as you know, <laughs> basically... a. Uh, unless I was at the restaurant, I was basically walking around the streets of North Carolina as a, as a bum. It's like, well, the hardest thing to do during this time was, uh, what, what do I do with myself all day? Easiest thing about being a bum is picking out what set of clothes you're going to wear for that day. Because what am I going to wear? Oh, the one set of clothes that I own, right. Toughest part is what do I do with myself all day? And I talked about this a little bit last week that, I well, I just I read books constantly. I had access to the North Carolina State University Library and also the local uh, branch of the Wake County Public Library, and I read every book I could find. Like, this is what you can do if you're not at work and you don't have kids. You just have time to, to read. I read every book that I'd wanted to read for the past, you know, 10 or 20 years, and it was all free. That North Carolina State University Library became an important part of the story when I eventually left that $95 a week room when I decided that, well, I wanted to buy other things. And I realized that 
if I save that $95 a week, I would be able to do so. All of us make choices. This is the choice I made. Looking back, questionable decision to uh, basically choose homelessness as a way to save money on housing. But I think my street smarts were improving by the day. This was the the line given to me at the beginning of my story of, of, uh, of uh, before I left and I told people what I was doing, you know, showing up in a town where I didn't know anyone, didn't have any money, didn't have anything. It was, oh, uh, like you won't be able to handle that. You, you don't have the street smarts to handle something like that. Well, I think my, my street smarts were improving and I eventually picked up a couple um, good tips. One, that, uh, well, the <laughs> places, places you can stay for free one, the, the Greyhound bus station, uh, you can just sit there and claim to be waiting for your bus. You see people doing this. What I eventually figured out we're doing is that, well, no one's going to give you a hard time if you really are waiting for a bus. And I would take to buying a bus ticket to, now I'm in Raleigh, North Carolina. I could buy a bus ticket to Durham, which is about half an hour away, half hour's drive. It was six bucks. Buy a bus ticket for six bucks. You've just got a room for $6. Similarly, the North Carolina State University Library, which was open 24 hours a day, would, um, well, as long as you weren't causing a ruckus, you could sit there all night reading a book. You know, if you happen to fall asleep in one of their comfy chairs, well, that was kind of a way to get around it. Trouble was you had to be either a student or a patron of this library after, I think it was 10 p.m., until the following morning. I eventually did become a patron of this library. I think I mentioned that last week. Incredible that uh, um, me with, you know, he just deposited himself in a town and had uh, only, you know, minimum wage job and uh, nothing much else to go on, was issued a credit card uh, by my bank. It was a Wachovia bank, um, which I had a checking account, which always had about $2 in it or whatever the minimum was. They also issued me a credit card, um, and I, I was able to pay the thing off of, um, with uh, fidelity, um, but did buy me 30 days or whatever it was as I was uh, making extravagant purchases like the uh, patron card for the State University Library, which uh, became my <laughs> sort of housing from time to time as well. Once I had that patron card, I could ask us at any time I wanted, except for Friday and Saturday nights. Now, Friday and Saturday nights, um, the library was closed. I either hit up the Greyhound station or towards the end of my month when I had my next apartment lined up, I splurged on a, <laughs> a room at the Motel 6, uh, which was something like 30 or $40, and it was nothing uh, for a hotel room. But like to me, to have an actual bed and TV and, and such, that was... That was living high. I was, as I said, um, awaiting the end of the month when my, my new apartment was uh, ready to move into. I had seen a uh, sublet made available via <laughs> these. If uh, Those of you who were born in the 20th century can appreciate this. The way we used to advertise housing was you put up a flyer in a public place and little tags with your phone number down at the bottom. And people, you know, rip them off and 
and call about an apartment. That's how I got my apartment at the McKimmon View Court, which overlooked the McKimmon View Center, part of the campus of North Carolina State University. $295 a month. Couldn't move in until February 1st. I actually moved in a couple days before then. I believe it was January 29th. Moved in on January 29th, and I uh, met the folks I was sharing a room with. Uh, they, they didn't speak English too well. I mean, their English was better than uh, my poor attempt at whatever language they were speaking. But really, it was, it was all I ever needed to do was hand them the 295 every month, and, and that was it. When I had secured that place, and this was going to be long-term housing for me, at least the next few months, I felt as though I'd, I mean, I'd really made it. I had, I had a nice apartment now in a nice part of town, job that paid well enough. I, uh, I enjoyed going to work. As I said, I'd, I never looked down at it. I made some friends and uh, found, found some good company at the Wing Zone. Uh, next week, I'll, uh, I'll tell you all about my, my time at the Wing Zone. And really during the month of February, when I was making the Raleigh life my own. Never looked down on the work I was doing, never looked down on the people I worked with, never looked down on the place where I lived. Always trying to improve, always trying to succeed. Knowing that I had money coming in, I wasn't going to spend extravagantly. I was going to save and keep trying to work my way up. This is the lesson that can be taught to anyone, regardless of where you're starting. You can always strive to do better, strive to achieve, and you work your way up that ladder. And that's something we all do in our real lives or if we're trying to write a book about it. Not like the book I had to read when I was in college. Ladies and gentlemen, I appreciate your tuning in today. I know sometimes the uh, the end theme music, I've, I've got it too low. Like my, my sound engineer is sometimes off a little bit on the levels. I know that time I started it loud. Well, I blame the sound engineer on that one too. But you know what? 14 and a half minutes into the show, I'm not going to do another take. I very rarely do a second take on any of these things. And once I get about three minutes in, there's no way I'm going back then. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you've enjoyed this week's broadcast of Math Musings. My name is Mike O'Connell. The name of the show is Math Musings. For more information or to contact, go to MikeOConnellJr.com.